Hello, everyone. And for the loyal listeners who've been with us since day one, yeah. What is going on, everybody? We're back with another episode of From My Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Rob. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm back at work. (laughs) And it's interesting. I can't even talk about it the way that I would like to. But I'm back at work. And, uh, uh, it's been a little bit of an adjustment. I gotta get my sleepy time together. But y'all didn't come here for that. I'm alright. Thank you, all of our listeners who continue to support. I love the conversations that are happening in the Facebook group. I'm loving the comments and the likes on social media. They are steadily growing, and we definitely appreciate that. Shout out to... Our affiliates, Retro Mimi, for those who game on the go, they sell open source handheld devices. Also, Black Water, they'll sell water that is actually black and it comes in various flavors. Gardener's Garden, who sells natural hair care, skin care, and oral health care products. Make sure you check them out. Acre Gold, hey, I got my next bar of gold coming in the mail. They are a subscription-based service where you can purchase bars of gold. And last but not least, Jot Forms. Anyone who has a business that needs to collect information from clients and have it easily redistributed back to themselves, check out Jot Forms. All those links are in the description. And I would like to thank all of those companies for offering opportunities for people like ourselves to brand and market and utilize these tools to better our lives. Thank you so, so much. Make sure y'all support the show by checking out our affiliates. I am not alone today. I am with the co-host with the most, who is always, always, always vibrating higher. Miss Jessica Fountain, aka J Foe. Hello, how art thou? Hello, Rob. Hello, hello, Rob. <laughs> how art thou? I'm doing well. Uh, I just need some rest. I just need rest, but I am well. Rest and relaxation. Rejuvenate your soul. Yeah, that too. I am well. Uh, I cannot complain. My life is spectacularly awesome. I'd be a fool to complain about anything, to be honest with you. Right here. Like, a lot transpired this week. I had some, like, uh, challenges, uphill challenges. But I'm, I always talk about perspective, but perspective is, like, sometimes what gets you through it. And it's, like, channeling that enlightened, like, this too shall pass, it's happening to me, and well, happening for me, not to me, mentality. So that's where I've been all week. So happy to be here today. Glad you are here. Also, we'd be remiss if we didn't say peace, prayers, and blessings to all those in Texas who are dealing with that disgusting weather, you being one of them. How are things? Uh, for me, it's a lot better. I did lose power. Um, and water and uh, thankfully you know things are restored now but not everyone has that situation like I know so many people that their whole roofs collapsed uh, yeah just holes in in properties and such so 
I'm thankful. I'm thankful that that's not my issues right now. I'm thankful that I am safe. A lot of people didn't live through the storm due to like uh, hypothermia and freezing to death and carbon monoxide poisonings. And it was just a lot of things going on. But thankful, again, gratitude that I'm here. I's here. We're glad that you're here. And we're glad Thank that you. your situation has not worsened. So again, yeah. peace, prayers, and blessings to those still going through. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Me, me, me! Spoiler alert! Spoiler <laughs> alert! Me, me, me! Today, <laughs> you never warned me about that one. I didn't know we were gonna start it with that, but you have to. I, I hate when you, shows. You... I when I listen to right. other podcasts and they just start talking about it and then like eight minutes later they're like oh spoiler alert it's like nah bro I need to know uh, <laughs> I didn't right. trust I didn't plan to do that uh, I just thought of <laughs> it I'm like wait people probably but haven't seen it it is good that you you prepared our listeners for that because I don't like spoiler alerts either well I don't like spoilers, spoilers. yeah everybody yeah. I think spoiling is like a I don't people love spoiling stuff like I hate when people like, something well, will come out, and I'm talking about as soon as someone finishes, as soon as the credits start rolling, they're telling the whole story on social media. I'm like, can y'all just, like, let people, let it breathe a little bit? Like, Jesus. Um, spoiler alert for Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, we are going to be discussing that movie today. For those of you who do not know, it is available. I believe it's available in theaters, and if you have HBO Max... <clears throat> According to Wikipedia, <clears throat> Judas and the Black Messiah is a 2021 American biographical film about the betrayal of Fred Hampton, who's played by Daniel Kaluuya, chairman of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party in the late 1960s Chicago at the hands of William O'Neill, played by Lakeith Stanfield. He is an FBI informant. Uh, the film is directed and produced by Shaka King, who wrote the screenplay with Will Burson based on a story by the pair and Kenny and Keith Lucas. Um, a lot of people have been watching this movie, talking about it. I, Jessica hit me and was like, we need to talk about it. I hadn't watched it. I was debating on if I was going to watch it because when I watch these types of films, I don't like the way that they make me feel. It's not that it's a bad thing. Uh, it's just the way that they make it. And it's not just this movie. It's just when you watch some of these powerful black stories, man, it just does something to me. Um, it is a phenomenal film. Phenomenal film. Um, I do highly recommend that you go see it. Oh, man. I, mm, I don't even know where to begin unpacking. I know, there's so much to unpack in it. I, had, uh, I was taking notes during the movie. This is the first time in my life I took notes during uh, a movie. Uh, but let me, let me give a little blurb about Frederick Allen Hampton. Uh, he was a revolutionary socialist. He came to prominence in Chicago as the chairman of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party and deputy chairman of the Black Panther Party. And in that capacity, he founded the Rainbow Coalition, a prominent multicultural political organization that initially introduced the Black Panthers, Young Patriots, and the Young Lords in an alliance among major Chicago street gangs to help them end infighting 
and work for social change. Uh, I'm going to start with the most powerful thing that really slapped me in the face because I'm not a history buff. I do not know my black history like I should. That's just a fact. I'm not going to sit here and try to front like I know any and everybody and all their stories. But I watched that movie and I watched what Mr. Hampton was doing and his voice and his words and the way he moved the people and his passion. And at the end of the movie, when they said how old he was, I was like, what? <laughs> I said he was how old? 21? 21. If you have not seen the movie yet, that'll give you a whole new perspective. <laughs> I was like, whoa, 21. Um, and it brought about a lot of thoughts about where we are today, how we treat each other today, how we feel about each other today, how we connect and work together today. And it begged a few questions, which are, what do you stand for? Can you be bought? What are you willing to sacrifice for the greater good? Um, those are the questions that really came to mind because that is really, for me, a large chunk of what the movie was about. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna let you go, Jessica. I just, I'm, I literally just watched it, y'all. Like, I'm, I just watched it, finished it like an hour ago. Yes. It, well. Wait, before you go. Shout out right. to. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, 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 sorry. It's okay. Um, huge shout out to Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield. I know that actors go through a lot to get into character and to play a specific role. And they really delve very deep into these characters and they become another person oftentimes. And neither one of them seem like themselves. Like, you know how sometimes you can see a movie... And you be like, oh, that's such and such. Yeah, that's such and such. Like, you know, you still feel like it's them. I did not get any shades of Daniel Kaluuya or Lakeith Stanfield. They were those characters. Um, I did hear that they both had to go to, like, therapy and kind of, like, for lack of a better word, kind of detox from that experience. Um, so peace, prayers, and blessings to them. They did a phenomenal job. And that just goes to show you how passionate they are about their craft because I couldn't imagine the emotions that that brings about that you even have to portray such a, a, a powerful figure. And then on the other end, I got to portray, you know, a fucking turncoat. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's wild. And I'm like, man, that is some powerful, that's some powerful stuff. But okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're fine. Um, uh... I will start with the fact that I absolutely love the movie. I watched it twice. I would probably watch it a third time. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. I I loved it for a lot of reasons. And um, one, I don't know if what stuck with me the most is like, is because we're talking about vibrations and vibrating higher and all of these different pieces, I feel like when you operate in your true calling and your true purpose, going back to what you said about him only being 21, like there is a calling there that's yes. not just religious. It's like 
we are spiritual beings within this like human body. And so when you tap into who you are and like your spirit and, and your purpose, I feel like you are so aligned with that or when you align with that fully, completely, wholly, with unapologetically, I feel like you can do what he did in 21 years. And I was inspired on a whole nother level to tap into my own purpose. Like I know, I think I have a good understanding of what my purpose is in life. I think that I'm still kind of fine tuning it, tweaking it here and there um, at the age of 36. But I do think overall, I kind of understand um, who I am and what I, what I want to vibrate into the universe. But like, I was hella inspired by his his story and I felt like when you zoom past the whole movie like just seeing the fact that this film came out and the impact that it had on me as one person mm -hmm. that our spirits never really die like Facts. our soul and our messages don't die that's why you have to operate in your purpose because when you do that it lasts it lasts forever until no one ultimately remembers you. But when you're memorable, I mean, your parents tell you stories about, even though the, some of the stories might be watered, not watered down, but they've changed mm -hmm. um, over time periods, over years. And maybe it used to start, you know, with one narrative and now it's kind of tweaked a little bit. I feel like the essence that people keep sharing it because it's influential and it's inspiring and it's powerful. And so I felt, kind of the opposite of what you you expressed. I didn't this was a movie that typically when I see these types of movies, I do get sad and I do feel like even like Malcolm X movie. I love Malcolm X. I love what uh his mentality and like how he really what he stood for for black people in economic in, in an economic way. Um but I was so sad. It felt so tragic how he died. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying in this case with Fred Hampton that it wasn't, there was no tragedy. But I just felt like there was, there's a part in the movie, spoiler alert, this whole episode, as you said, is a spoiler alert. Oh, yeah, if you listen to my now, please. It, right. You're in now. This so, movie didn't feel tragic either for me. Uh, no, and that's what yeah. I mean. Like, that that piece that normally there's still that stench of tragedy like yeah. when i watch M malcolm x movie and you know all of these movies like you still feel the tragedy you still feel like this is bs like this movie it was bs and there was these things it was so complex to me which is why i wanted to talk about it and i just kept saying like we need to talk about it i want to break it apart like i just felt um empowered but with this one in particularly the, the part in the, the scene in the movie when he gets out of jail and he mm -hmm. comes back and he's talking about the beat of the people and the rhythm of the people. Yep. And it's like that, it, it's the sound. Um, I'm it always talking about our breath and our heartbeat and, and the, that's our rhythm. We are, we are, everything is in cycles. Everything is in rhythms. Everything, you got to find your flow. So in life, you can't just go 100 100% of the time you will burn out so there's some seasons in your life where you're like grinding and you're getting it and everything's uh, um, much of a sprint and then there's other seasons where you're conditioning and it's a little harder and it's a little slower and you gotta kind of go through those processes 
And so I said all that to say his life, it feels like his life was in that same rhythm, but it still maintained that essence of that heartbeat for the people. Because the way I felt after the end of the movie, I felt inspired, like I was at the rally when it happened in the movie. Like I felt that same sense of joy and I want to do my part for the people. I want to do my part like to better and further advance that narrative of we are all in this, like in a collective body. Um, Mm We all want love, joy. We want to be able to take care of our families. We want to like just have basic principles like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like you want to meet that baseline. Like you can't even really get into further topics when your your um your safety and your ability to live just live. Like going back to the the snowstorms, that is tra- traumatic because people couldn't cook. They couldn't like you're freezing in your house. So like you're not just it's not just the elements are bad and you should stay off the roads. But now home is bad. So people can't really even think clearly about what what's next when you're in such a state of panic and shock and you don't know if you're going to get food. You don't know if anyone can get to you. You're fl- the water is coming down. So like. To get back on the story of the movie, I just felt really inspired that this is a person that was truly for the people, and then yes. Yes. he goes through such traumatic life experience to that is ultimately his death, but the essence of him still is very... You could, I felt like I was feeling that beat within me when the credits were rolling. And so that's what was really powerful. And I love actors. Um, and you did not mention Dominique Fishback, but she's become like one of my favorites. And she played uh, his wife, mm-hmm. uh, Deborah Johnson, I want to say was her maiden name. Well, not wife, because they didn't get married. Right. But um, his child's mother. Um, so that's my first point is... Live a life of intention and purpose and not, not like you're not, you, you don't want to really stray away from that. Even when other people don't understand it. Yeah. Cause there's points where his, his, uh, I keep wanting to say wife, but it's not wife, uh, points where his soulmate, like, yeah. cause they were, and that was another Another point of love, black yeah, love. That was, yeah, that's that was another nugget that we can talk about. But his soulmate was going through this change within herself as she was um, began when she was pregnant. So that conflict there, and like, um, but he was still able to stay true to his passion, and, and not just passion, because I don't think that this was just passion, purpose, like you said, purpose. And it, it was a connection, yeah. like, because he was so passionate about his purpose, I feel like we felt that. We felt connected to it. And, I'm, I mean, going back to the actors, bravo, because it was impeccable acting. It was, it took you there. It took you there on both it sides. That's my first point. Swinging it back. It, took you, uh, it takes you to a lot of different places. Um for me, it didn't, this movie didn't make me sad. It just makes me think. Um, and I kind of, 
I kind of look at the, if this is even a word, the parallelism or parallel, the whatever. The way I look at then and I look at now and I, and I always say to myself, how far have we come? And I look at the issues they had then and I say, do we have these issues now? And of course the answer is always yes. But I do like the fact of um, seeing these things and knowing that, wow, this is why this situation or these circumstances are so much better now. Um, and like you said, when it comes to walking your purpose, y'all, the dude went from, <laughs> he got out of jail and went right to work. It's like, where you want to go? And he said to the office, like <laughs> he kissed his newly found out that his, uh, soulmate was pregnant <laughs> and went to work all day. Like <laughs> what? Like who does that? And um, then not to cut, cutting you off. But right there at that point when he gets out and he goes to um, back to the headquarters, mm -hmm. he does not know that headquarters has been rebuilt. Right. So, like, I think that that's even another nugget. Like, he was going with the sole intention to prepare himself to rebuild, to get right back into the thick of it. Mm -hmm. Like, even though I'm going to have to start over. Even though that I'm going to have to like rebuild this and it's not even what I left it when I went to jail, he wasn't prepared to walk into the space to see it fully renovated and back alive and working. Yeah. I thought that, wow, like That's it's probably. even another thing to think to, okay, maybe you get out and you want to see what they did. I want to see like, what does it look like? Right. Y'all redid it. But he didn't have even that, that vantage point to say, have hope. Like most people would have, their hope would have been extinguished and his, it, that his light just burned so deep. I was highly inspired as you can see, like it shifted something to me. <laughs> yes. Um, and back to your point there, you know, him getting out and immediately going back to work. And I think that was. I'm trying to remember the sequencing on the movie, but uh, I don't know if that was the first time, maybe a first or second time, to realize that something that you helped build, you know, even though you weren't there and you know you were a vital part of it, the foundation mm -hmm. was so strong that it continued when you weren't able to be hands-on with it. Like, he was in shock. He was in awe. Like, he's, yeah, he said to them, you know, I, I, but I saw that was, like, he didn't, he was standing in the building and didn't believe it. Right. He said, no, it's burnt down. Like, what is this? And like, bruh, right. like, we rebuilt it. Like, right. so that lets that, like, just to have that confirmation that you're doing the right thing. Um, and I'm skipping around a bit, but just another powerful piece for me was, you know, when he found out uh, they were going to convict him and throw the book at him, basically, like, you know, his people gathered around him. They gave him money to leave. And he was like, nah, here, take this money. Build a clinic. He was like, think of how many people we can. He's like, it's just a five-year bid. Think about how many people or how many lives we can save in five years. Always right. about the people. Like, this this is, a, he's saying this right next to his pregnant soulmate. Like, not that, not that he was downing her or didn't care about her or didn't love her, but like, she respected him and respected the fact that he was walking in his purpose. And that is what he did unapologetically. That was, I was like, what? Typically yeah. that's the part of the movie where they, they gone and you want to see them win and get away. And it was like, no, nah, right. I'm, I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this BS charge that y'all gave over ice cream. Like, come on y'all. Ice cream. Um, 
five years in prison over seventy dollars worth of ice cream that he didn't even steal. Um, that was that was very powerful for me. Um, the way he spoke, the passion in his voice. I love the fact. This is something I think. This is hard for me to digest um, today, when I when I hear things and see people talk about change and making a difference is he was really big on unity. Like, mm -hmm. yes, your culture and your people do struggle and do suffer, but there are other people of other cultures that have that are fighting the same exact fight or very close to or very similar fight as you. And sometimes we have to get over the fact that, well, you don't look like me, so F you. It's like the united front is where it's at. I think that that was like the Rainbow Coalition that he founded, where he's, you know, street gangs, other people. Like he's going to meet with other people, like, yo, brothers, we need to get together. Like, this is my message. Like, this is my message. I see what y'all are saying. We're talking, you saying it a different way and expressing it in a different way, but we all want the same thing. He even went to the whites, the poor whites, and um, did the same thing, you know? Um, because they were suffering as well. And just the nastiness of the FBI. Oh my God. They saw the spark of the Black Panther Party and they were like, we need to extinguish this. Yeah. And then they were looking for a leader or someone to emerge. They're having these big meetings and conferences and like, we gotta stop this. We gotta, we have to stop people from speaking out about injustices and wanting fair and equal treatment. That is what right. the FBI <laughs> No, we want to continue to treat y'all like trash. Let's silence right. y'all. What? That was a whole nother thing. And that, that goes back to, you know, the issues that, you know, we as people have with law enforcement on all levels. The history is, is nasty and disgusting. Yeah, I I did so I knew about the Rainbow Coalition, but I did not know that that was the aspect of it. Like, was that level of unity, which was um, kind of zooming out, zooming out past, like because everybody wants those core needs Facts. met, like and to zoom out past the frustrations because as we all know currently speaking of black people black disenfranchisement um all of these different avenues which are very real and very um yeah very real and relevant but to pull out just a little bit more and see it as this is the people's issue as well like right. there's there's a level of this that is well beyond just the racism it's, it goes into all all waters. And like, if I can connect with all of those people and um, help them see that and then also use that as a platform, yeah. um, I think, I don't know, it was just very, that was powerful to me because it's hard to do that sometimes. Yeah. It's hard to do yeah. that when you feel, when you know that on, a, on some levels you get it worse Mm -hmm. simply because like uh you're black yep. so you're getting that that humanly based um disenfranchisement but then disenfranchisement but then on the flip side it's like another level of it 
So even if you're able to meet your own personal needs, it doesn't matter because once you rise just one level up, you're still being, um, uh, what's the word? Oppressed. Oppressed. Yes. That was, that was great. Thank you. (laughs) You pulled it right on out. Yes. You're still being oppressed and you still have to deal with BS. So that was a lot. Um, I do want to bring up, I'm going to skip to like another angle of the movie. So speaking to a friend, um, it was in regards to, I think everyone, well, a lot of people, not everyone, a lot of people look at Bill. Oh God. That (laughs) was an interesting conundrum. Give me his last name one more time. Bill. uh, O'Neill. O'Neill. I keep wanting to say Withers, and that's the singer. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> what song did he but, sing? Is that Lovely Day guy? Uh, that's the, I can't remember. Uh, yeah, right. I, you're, it's funny. I wanted to transition to talking about him, too. Um, and the director was on The Breakfast Club and did say that the movie is from three perspectives, um, which was Fred's, Williams, and Fred's soulmate which was interesting when I, and yes, that's why I have to talk about Dominique Fishback because she just freaking, it was amazing. Like Dominique, you did an excellent job. Amazing girlfriend. BK. I'm not from BK, but like she's from oh Brooklyn. I, <laughs> that, I just feel like a groupie all of a sudden. Cause I love women, female voices. And when they just like, Oh, she just outdid herself. Yeah. Amazing. But anyway, back to Bill, Bill O'Neill. A lot um, of people have indicated like how frustrated they were with him. And first of all, mm-hmm. I know I'm like this. This uh, what do you bait and switch or hook that I'm putting people on? Like, <laughs> no, I think we're on the same wavelength. Go ahead. So, with that, um, there is still this black experience. Facts. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people are really the the title of the movie was like impeccable choice. <laughs> like I just yeah, kudos for the title because I feel like it could be anything. It could be the story of Fred Hampton. Like no, like this was the perfect title for both characters um, because of the level of unity and inclusion that Fred Hampton stood for, and then the betrayal that Bill O'Neill. Uh, represented or showcased. So going back to Bill, a lot of people talked about their distaste for him and like just, ugh, they were appalled with him. They were just done with him. But I want to talk about there is many, the black experience is so varied and everybody has a little bit different um it impacts people differently. So even if you're going back to wealth, if you have a whole lot of money, it doesn't mean that you don't experience racism, but you may be, it might be zoning laws or something that they try, again, try to um, manipulate the affluence or the power that you could potentially have. And I feel like with him, he was victim of the system that bait and switched him and, and really fails him. And that's true. We have to, and I'm not saying he did not play any role in this. So what you're saying is true. I agree with you. 
I just really want us to reckon. I want I want us as consumers and viewers of the material, the artistic material, to zoom out past the character and look at it as a person. Like, and as a person in this time, in this era of um, American history, in this era of um, he's a 17 year old kid when he goes into custody. Nah, that's the other thing. That's the so other thing not, I had that, that changes my perspective. Um, when but it's I, a I was like, they're change. young. Right. That's yeah. the, like, I feel like, because if you look at the character, you're like, but he's a grown man. No. But you have to look that people are like we're complex. Yeah. So at 17 years old, when your whole life has been tra like tragic and traumatized in a way, you were hustling and boosting cars and going through this whole process. And so at 17, you find yourself now in the custody of the FBI and they tell you you can either go to jail or you can be an informant. And this is in a, a system where everybody, uh, not system, but in the, in the time of the U.S., in the 70s, it was kind of like every man for himself because everybody was going along with their own hustle or own. It's kind of like right now in the idea of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Everybody is operating this pandemic in the best way they know how. Some people go out every weekend because they can't, they, they cannot be home. This is too much. They need something that they believe outdoors was going to, is going to give them. So they, they're still going to brunches. They're still going out. Um, I am somewhere in the middle because I am going to a brunch tomorrow, but I haven't been in like a month, <laughs> two. Right. <laughs> so, but there's some people every day, every other day, there's, they're doing something. Hey, let's go to drinks. Let's go do this. And they're still just moving as if nothing is happening. And then there's other people on the spectrum that is in the house uh, every day. They haven't been out. They've ordered their other groceries and they haven't been out in months. They don't even know that we have a snowstorm. Like <laughs> mm -hmm. they in the house, you know? And so I feel like in the seventies, this was that same era where people, you had uh, people hella religious. You had the pimps, the hoes, the crackheads, the, everybody was on a different um, gang banging. Like everybody was trying to do activism, what they felt like was going to solve the problem. So even in the movie, going back to, I forget his name, um, but he's played a lot of comical roles. Um, I was trying to see, I had IMB pulled up, but oh, Laurel, his character, yeah. him. And he was saying, Undercover, dude, yeah. like, he was just basically on a nonchalant perspective, like, you're doing too much. See? Like, like basically, you, you want him to go out easy, like, this is what you do. Like, just look at, he was looking at it from a very surface perspective and not going again to the purpose part of it. It was just like, do what you need to do, what you want. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was shrugged shoulder mentality, Um, his character. And so I think at, at 17 years old, everybody, he was navigating this based off of his 17 year old mind. So then you find yourself and then when, in the movie, you see that he was, it was such a torn, which is mental health. And when you find yourself in these struggles, because he was, he was kind of changing 
he in one what we all experience, yep. Right. Like, it's like, dang, like, okay, this is dope. Like, I, I, I believe in what y'all doing, but he was in a catch-22. Like, the power, his heart kind of was uh, activated by the Black Panthers and their, what they were, um, their purpose and what they were putting out, their mm -hmm. vibrations into the world. But the power struggle was coming from the FBI. So even when he he thought he was trying to flex power, there was a point in the movie where he said, um, I mean, what do you want? He's going back to jail. You got what you want. And he thought he really could say that in power. Mm -hmm. Like, I did, I worked with y'all. I gave y'all what y'all needed. But you're working against, with the FBI, and they're still dangling these charges over your head and manipulating you and saying, again, you haven't met our quota to be free yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you still work for us. And so I think for us as black people, like we, it is like, why would you sell out another black man? Like, why would you sell out your brother? But I don't think at 17, it and you don't that have, either. it no. wasn't that simple. And, and mental health, as we know, to combat those things, even when at the end, when they did the interview, he was, he was yeah that was weird to feel the like the energy like and yeah. then ultimately he killed himself that same day the because same the day. demons because it was such a conflicting and when it released space huh when his the thing about him released oh martin luther, what? martin luther king jr's birthday oh yes and but that was the same day he committed suicide yeah so in the information, I just find it ironic that that information about him came out on that day. Right. Which yeah. is still, what do you think when you think about politics and, and yeah. all of these like manipulative Propaganda. things that you learned about our government? I don't think that that's on accident. And it, it I feel like this was tragedy for the culture from two different avenues. One was a physical tragedy of... Um, uh, and a physical extinguishment. I'm using a lot of words today, honey. <laughs> a, a physical, um, like, extinguished. They, they extinguished his dream, his purpose. But then on the flip yeah. side, you have another black man that you, manip you manipulated one in a physical sense and you murdered him and you set him up for murder. So you killed his dream in a physical sense, but in the other, you killed him in a mental sense. And I feel like mental health and physical, like physical, our physical bodies, they both are so powerful when we're activating, um, or when, when, when we're activating in our purpose, our physical being is that powerful. And then on the flip side, our mental health controls what we do physically. So his yes, mental yes. health was so screwed by all of this that it was just, I don't know. And, and he was a kid, like you said. Um, you know, your your life is over. Like, I impersonated a federal agent. I'm probably going to die in prison. Oh, kid, uh, if you join this group, they're all black people. They're just like you. You know, we just, we just want to know what they're talking about. Here's some money, too, by the way. Something that you don't ever get or ever see. That's why you still have cards in the first place. Yeah, so... Then wanted. you start reporting. You start. You you try to breadcrumb them. You they make you think you're in control. You're 17. You don't know any better. You infiltrate this organization. There's women around. You talking to the women. People starting to like you. All right. Well, they're not doing nothing wrong. So I'm a report. I'm gonna keep doing this. 
I'm gonna keep going into the meetings and learn about the organization. I'm gonna give them the FBI a couple little things here and there, and they're gonna keep giving me money. Eventually, they give me a car. I'm thinking this is gravy. You know, he ain't doing nothing wrong, so he ain't gonna go to prison, and they just gonna want information about the organization. Boom, I'm good. But then he realizes when he really gets the message from the Black Panthers, he realizes that I am, I know that what they're saying is the truth because I'm going through it right now, but I'm right. in That's so right. deep that I can't get out. Well, yep. I could get out, but I could get out. And I think there was a point where he was going to try to get out. But when that other Black Panther guy told him about the snitch that they basically boiled alive and threw in the river, he was like, well, hell, I can't come clean to my brothers about this because they're going to kill me. And I can't not work for the FBI because I'm going to go to jail. I'm going to go to prison. Right. So right. I got to basically, no yeah, I got to ride this thing out. That's an impossible situation. And all of us have been in situations, I'm pretty sure, where we've gotten, we thought we could get away with something, but we ended up in too deep. And it's like, it ends up fucked up at the end of the day. Um, and, yeah. you know, it, the stuff they had him do you driving around with C4 in the trunk of your C4 with the t a wiretap. Like, can you imagine the amount of stress? Like, you don't know shit when you're 17. Sorry. Like, <laughs> like you don't really know very much. Depending on your life, you know, but the average 17-year-old doesn't really know much about life and situations. Can you imagine the FBI holding prison over your head? You got C4 in the trunk of your car. You got the leader of a revolutionary black movement that you're trying to set up to go to prison. And, and you are, ironically, what's the thing? Yeah, ironically, you are the security captain. And you're the most insecure person. And on top of this, I think it's uh, it's hard for us to understand the context of this, I think, in 2021, because of the World Wide Web and the internet. Yeah. This is in a time where there's no cell phones, there's no internet, there's no awareness except for what you, what someone read in a yep. newspaper, which radio, you're, you're getting it in such watered down. It's not like, like we know with Black Lives Matter, people have been getting killed at the hands of police officers for years. And it's yes. basically a modern form of lynching. However, because of social media in the current state of our world, we see it and we're recording it and there's, actual tangible evidence that can be used instead of just word of mouth. So I feel like at this point, you're not, he's not probably even getting the full scope of what right. he's in because he doesn't, he doesn't yeah. know really what is going out beyond his block, beyond Chicago. He like, didn't know until they was no. about to kill him. He was like, wait, y'all want him dead? What? That's when like the light bulb went off yeah. for him. Um, and also, y'all got to remember, like Jessica just said, he was living with this. There was no escape. Like, he couldn't play Xbox or watch TV. Like, he had to go home and live with this every day. And I'm not trying to paint him as the hero. We're just saying, look at it from all sides. Like, could you imagine living with that with basically no escape? You have no escape. You don't have anything That's you can really escape into. Yeah. I mean, literally, when yeah. you think about the, the polarity of that and how strong you have two hella strong, powerful forces pulling you. That's like you standing in the middle of me and Shaquille O'Neal. I'm just making anybody. It don't even have to be Shaquille. Just anybody. Yeah. And 
Somebody takes one arm of yours mm -hmm. and pulls in one direction, and the other person, at some point, you're gonna dislocate something. Yeah. You're gonna like tap out, and like you are gonna try to maintain control. And I feel like the only control that he could get in the situation, he couldn't. He knew it was too heavy to live with. Yeah. And I'm not saying, okay, well, when things get heavy, you should kill yourself. No, I'm saying it was so heavy that yeah. mental health in our communities, when we don't deal with these things and we don't, even at this point, like, it was such a powerful force on both sides of the spectrum. There was no real out for him. And he was out, I mean, he had come clean with his story and tried to free himself for it. But I don't think yeah. he, you could see the heaviness on him. Like, you could feel it. And he's living a lie. Y'all got to remember that the whole time. All these years. Yeah. You're living a lie. So people are probably calling you, hey, how you doing? Like, you like you really didn't have a life. You never yes, got a chance to be a person. Like, nope. I, I did this horrible thing. I'm watching all these people more, and I got to show up to the funerals. I got to show up to the wakes. I got to, you got to continue to play this part and be in it because you got to, because it's going to, they're going to be like, well, what, where'd you go? What happened type deal? Because you still in fear of your life. That was just, oof. Yeah. The phenomenal acting oh. job too, man. Just the mannerisms, the, the, the fear in his speech, like the way he portrayed the nervousness, the, the, the way he, um, I don't know, just the way he carried himself throughout the movie was was phenomenal. But yeah, that that's the that's the thing. Who are you talking about? Think. Which one which character? Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. Bill. Just Yeah, you could really see that he was torn, but it's like, how you wanna die? You wanna die at the hands of the Panthers? Or you wanna die at the hands of the government? Or do I get my little car, my money, and I just keep doing this thing? It's just that was nuts. Yeah, and, and to your point, I am in no way glorifying his actions. I did want to bring that up to highlight how much we have to get ahead of our mental health and how much we have to live in our purpose. Like, I feel like those are the two biggest takeaways. Um, yeah, because you sure. can't live. You can't live in that. You can't live in these polarized worlds where you're not dealing with what's on your plate and you also don't want to position yourself within his case. It wasn't as simple as like, Oh, I have trauma. I need to work on it. You have now positioned yourself in, in a, a no out space. Like you sold yourself to the devil with the FBI and you're not going to have this loyalty. I mean, the word, the best case scenario was that he no longer, um, does it and goes to jail. But I don't think he would have survived jail. Like, For like, sure he wouldn't have survived jail. He wasn't He wasn't built like that. And they would have made it because of the hatred and because of the kind of modern day slave master per se, yeah. they would have made it very difficult for him to live like he i mean there was several examples that's not just me assuming that based mm -hmm. off of modern day experiences with the panther that um when they shot him and he was he was healing yeah and they sent him to send a message they sent him to county and he died yeah. um then the other example was when they had the shootout yeah and it was the young lady and the gentleman yeah. and they waved the uh white flag out of the window mm -hmm. 
to say we surrender. And when they surrendered, the way that they treated them under surrendering, which you, it was like, those were the moments that I get emotional. Yeah. Like, um, it does make me sick. Like, because those are the things that have not changed. And those are the pieces that are still within our system that we have to find a way to create that change in our lives, like create, be the change and advocate for change because those things still happen. Um, there's still oppression there. And I don't know, I just, that was pretty much all that I had was just like, um, and also, oh, no, no, because we didn't talk about the love. I want to oh, talk, about talk about that. the queen in the movie. Go ahead. Well, I just love her role. I loved, um, I love that she was very powerful in her voice and that was part of their love story. <laughs> what? I'm laughing because she, <laughs> but she, she reminds me of you and me. Um, <laughs> those two, because, she, you know, when he gave the first speech and she was like, are you a poet? And she told him about choosing his words. You know, and then she kind of came because she saw that I like this guy. I can I can help you. And she just came in and was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he took it. Yes. He didn't get right. mad. He didn't get. A, he recognized loud. it. She wasn't that loud, which I loved. Like it was. Yeah. She knew how to navigate, like express all Nurturing. of that without being forceful and aggressive. Nurturing and um, loving. Yeah. So that was really beautiful to watch, um, and being supportive of. I want us all to not even just in an intimate, um, romantic type of love, mm -hmm. be supportive, but there was so many sprinklings of black love in the movie. I'm getting so passionate about this movie. Don't this you movie cry. just don't you cry. I'm not. So there's two, three instances. One was when, of course, their love story was just beautiful. Yeah. The poetry and the openness that they had for each other to use their voice and how they questioned each other, but didn't, it wasn't nasty and like yeah. spiteful. Mm -hmm. It was a, it was like, you are an individual. I am an individual. We are in this together, but I have questions for you and vice versa. Right. And so that was beautiful. Um, the love, the friendship love of, and the loyalty of his right-hand man, uh, the other panther. Yes. I don't know his Y'all, we're name. trash at names. I'm sorry. Just continue. Just... Right. <laughs> they realize I... by now that we don't know these <laughs> And I just saw the movie, so I don't remember all the names. But yes, his right-hand I... man. Maybe it was Bobby. I don't know. Uh, no, it wasn't Bobby. But it was the light-skinned guy that was with that was always looking at Bill O'Neill like this nigga. Like, yeah. why are you always with some sideways BS? Like, yeah. you never, you're not really coming from a space of what we stand for. And he he rocked with him because um, Fred rocked with him yeah, and exactly. it was inclusive. But it was like those the love of friendship, of being loyal. And he said, this is how we rebuild. This is how we rebuild my friend's dream that I so believe in. And my friend's not here to carry on this legacy, but I'm going to do this for my friend. Right. And it was like being invested on that level. And I want us to get back to that even modern day because I don't think we, I think we all are walking around with some level of trauma that kind of sometimes uh, taints our vision. 
taints like we we are so invested in doing our own things <laughs> our own platforms that not every single person but so many people don't know how to give to a platform that's not yours like Thanks. like just let me just sprinkle some water over there mm -hmm. it's kind of like a great neighbor like when you go out of town and vacation and I'm watering my grass and I see your grass is like really bad and you're not even home, let me go ahead and water that for you. Like everything shouldn't come down to a dollar. And I feel like we're in a hustle, grind, you know, get my bag world. And that's hyper polarized. But in the same space, loving on each other in a very intimate way, that is still just friendship, baselines of friendship. So yes. That was expressed to me. And then the last piece of love came from that unconditional, you have hurt me, but I know who you are and I still love you. Because I know who you are is so much, even though, and that came from the mother of her son, he had died through the Black Pandas. Cause mm -hmm. he was the one that went to county and he ended up dying. Yeah. No, no, that, he's the one that shot up the, the guy. At, the shootout yeah. um, when he was looking for who killed his friend. Yeah. And he went to talk to the guy that worked at the hospital. Yep. And he was like, get away from my door. And like, even that, that still happens. We don't want, we don't, well, we're so, what? Yeah, we don't, we don't want to be a part of it. We want to, no, no snitching. I want to mind my business. we don't want our stuff. You, you can't come over here messing up my stuff. And that's why I think that we have to operate in purpose. Because sometimes that's true. Sometimes you can't. You can't let everybody just like come and dangle stuff like yeah. half of it's BS. So there is some truth to that response. But on the other side, we're so scared of causing friction, even when you believe in the purpose. Mm -hmm. Like you probably believed in the purpose of what they stood for, but he didn't want to get into it because you ain't going to come mess up my money and my good job. So at the end of the day, Basically. I care more about the money and the entitlement and like that part than I care about really like trying to see if this there is a disservice. So yay or nay on that particular character because I don't think there was enough information to know exactly why he felt the way he did. But when he called the police and they came seeking him, then that he shot them out. And anyway, going yeah. back to his mother... She, I don't know who she is. I need to find out who she is too. Yeah. Like, but her her role was really amazing because she she said, let's not talk about that. Because yeah. that is really painful for me. And that I'm not ready to really open up that wound. Uh, but she she knew who Fred was and who what he was about. And so your character will sometimes speak for you beyond that. And I think that in that case, who he was, and she knew who he was, that she knows that he didn't, like, set her son up to die or murder her son. But it was like, I'm going to compartmentalize my hurt right now because I do want to see how you, how, well, how are you? How's, how's your girlfriend? Like, what, right. what are y'all doing? Because I know that the fact that you're here, like, so there's these different levels of love is what I want to, um, is a good wrapping point, I think, on the highest part. Because even yes. Fred's love for the people, loving yeah. human humanity on a level in which you sacrifice your own body. Yep. Like, we don't, I don't think we're passionate about stuff that deep, like, yeah, a he, lot of people. 
his love and and you know what I see shades of myself in him because you know this dude was going into very 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 I'm talking about very hostile territories now hey give me all your weapons we're gonna put we're gonna walk in here armed with our intelligence and our words and our purpose and our message not weapons people pulling mm. guns on them people pulling knives on them ready to bust their heads open and he got a smile on his face and the respect yeah like, there were so many powerful pieces in this movie yeah, i feel the like level of right. respect we didn't need any other like thing <laughs> like yeah. there's so many pieces to unpack because when that that moment happened in the movie and the guy was like uh like nigga i don't need I don't need you. Like, I got my own thing going over here. Mm -hmm. And at the end, he handed him that gun. He said, you're going to need that, which was another expression of love. Yeah. I ain't really ready to rock with you and what you got going on, but I'm not trying to hinder you. And we have to get to those spaces in real life where you might not be in a position to fully engage and help someone because maybe you really are working on something that you're more passionate about and you have it's a better use of your time, but you also don't have to block people and um, you can still love them from a distance. And so he loved him from a distance. And then later on, he realized like, like it, I think he knew then because that's why he gave him the gun yeah. that I like what you're talking about. I just don't have time for you. But yeah. then later time things have changed. He came back even when he wasn't in the picture yep. because of what he stood for yep. and his purpose and his character. He They came back. He was like, we're with the crowns and we're coming to help clean up. Can I help y'all? Like, mm -hmm. do y'all need any help? And then later, he was right back at the, the last rally when he got released from prison. And yes. so, I mean, jail, prison. Um, so, if yeah. If you've not seen the movie... Go see watch it. the movie. I'm gonna have I to watch it a couple did. more times, uh, for sure. Since we told all of this business, I hope that they all have seen it. <laughs> yeah, if you have, I mean, if you haven't, we said spoiler alert. Eighty. We I did. mean, we're not really spoiled. There's not really a surprise. Actually, it's funny. Movies are better when you have, you know, you you have your raw view at the beginning with no outside opinions, right? And then you kind of have conversations like these, and now you can watch it again. And you'll have a whole new perspective. You, this is a movie that you're gonna have to to really absorb. You're gonna have to watch it more than once, probably at least three times. I would say maybe a good three or four times. Um, this is one I definitely need to buy on Blu-ray, but definitely encourage y'all to uh, go watch this movie, have conversations with your friends and family, and do some personal reflection on yourself and see what see if you see yourself in some of the characters and some of the things that are happening, and if you can identify with some of those things and think about what your purpose is and are you walking in your purpose and think about who you have around you. That's that's another thing. I'm not going to start another tangent, but that's why I'm very weary and very careful of who I let get close, who I communicate with, who I connect with. I'm not a very big distrusting person, but I know how to be quiet and listen and then watch and I can say, mm, yeah, I don't think you belong over here. <laughs> or you can come over here, but your capacity with me is going to be limited because I got to protect my peace and I got to protect what I'm trying to get done and accomplish. Yeah, and he knew that. I mean, you saying that, I think about how he... Limited resources. Be, don't be so quick because you don't have something that you'll take anything because the person has it. You better say it again. Say that one... <laughs> Say that again.
don't be so quick to take anything because you're lacking in an area that you'll just hang around with someone because they have it. Like that, Y'all, we lack be. these resources yep. and that doesn't mean that there's a lot of things that I want in life that I might not have right now, mm-hmm. but I'm not willing to just, just because, and it's so un- unfortunate because he knew, uh, Bill O'Neill low key knew that. Yeah. He said, what's something that we can get you that, that, that could entice them. He was like a car. One, he wanted a car and two people didn't have cars. Yeah. Those he didn't simple drive. Little things was a, a, a bait. Yep. And that put him closer to do like he felt I'm sure like I can get more work done. I can get my message out there. I can get to this meeting across town without and and get to the dream, Mm -hmm. which again, when you're operating in purpose, nothing stops your purpose, not even death, because we're still talking about Fred Hampton and the people. So there's clearly this vibration that's still coming, but Sometimes that could cost you your life by hanging out with just the wrong people because of what we think we need from people. And um, there are a lot of Judases out there. Like, and it's not always to this extreme. I think Mm -hmm. that this was one of, like, it just was so extreme and complex. This is the one we know about. (laughs) Right. This is the one we know about, y'all, you know? But a lot of people don't, you know they betray in different ways. Um, yeah. And so what does betrayal look like? So I, I there was just so much in the movie. Um, it was very well done. It was so much talent. I just, when I get excited about things, like I, I really do. And this is one that I really felt like we needed to talk about. Um, and I'm glad that we did. So thank you for opening up the space, the platform for us to like continue that. Um, and I hope that everyone takes away from it, like you said, something and, and is able to like be self-aware and see what pieces, like, do I have Judith-like pieces? Do yeah. I have Deborah-like pieces? Do I have Fred-like pieces? Like we're not gonna be any of these characters in their entirety, but what are we putting out in the world? Um, and how we like using our voices. And so if you have more feedback, be sure to comment on the Facebook page. Uh, I'm not on there as much as Rob is, but I tag me if you want to hear my input. Yes, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely it. make a post about this to see what people have to say. Um, yeah. So that's my... Those are my thoughts. I challenge y'all on the same line of questioning that Jessica just had. How strong or powerful or, I don't know, well-developed is your ability to see things from other people's perspective? I'm going to leave y'all with that because there was a lot of that in this movie. But thank y'all for joining us. We love y'all. We hope you go watch the movie. We want to hear back from you in regards to the movie. Like, what'd you think? Your thoughts? We want to hear your feedback on this episode and some of the things we talked about here. You can continue to support the show by listening, liking, sharing, subscribing. You can also support the show by clicking on those links of our affiliates right there at the bottom. And you can follow us on Instagram, FME underscore podcast. You can follow me personally at complete, spelled with a K, underscore vision. Jessica, where can they find you? 
You can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I am at Exposure on Instagram, E-X-P-O-Z-H-E-R. Uh, Jessica Fountain on Facebook. Um, at Lash and Soul is my bread and butter. So that's at L-A-S-H-A-N-D-S-O-U-L. And yeah. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, take care of yourself mentally, physically, financially, and spiritually. And we'll see y'all next time. Peace. Peace.